to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart, the podcast where we chat with athletes, coaches and industry professionals about the benefits of being involved in sport beyond performance. Today's guest is Olympic long jumper Brooke Stratton. Brooke takes us on the roller coaster journey of being a professional athlete, the devastating injuries, and the incredible comeback to become an Australian and oceanic record holder. There is a strong theme of resilience in this chat, and in the last four years, I've been able to witness up close how resilience has seen Brooke overcome many obstacles. You may hear some barking in the background. At the time of recording, we had a hungry golden retriever asking for a dinner. Shout out to my adorable puppy niece, Winnie, who's the first furry friend to make an appearance. Let's get into it. So welcome, Brooke. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, V. How are you? Good, I'm good. So glad you could join us today. I'm really stoked to have you on. Thanks, V. It's, uh, it's great to be a part of this podcast. I'm really excited. Oh, thank you. So I know your sporting journey, but can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So my sporting journey goes back a while now. So I started Little Athletics when I was five years of age through the Nunawading Little Athletics Centre. Uh, my older brother, Jamie, started a couple years prior to uh, when I started and I went down and just saw how much fun he was having with his friends um, and I liked the variation in events that they had to offer as well. So when I was old enough, I gave it a go and I loved every moment of it. I just remember, you know, how much enjoyment I had being able to spend my Saturday morning with my friends as well as just be able to strive to get better week in, week out and just strive for those PBs as well. When I reached the under eight age group, I realized I had a little bit of potential in long jump. That same year, I also watched Kathy Freeman win a gold medal for Australia at the Sydney Olympics. So I watched this from home in the lounge room and that was a real pivotal moment in my career because that's when I realized that I wanted to be an Olympian one day and I wanted to be in Kathy Freeman's position. I wanted to be representing my country and Obviously, being in grade one, I didn't know how much potential I had and I didn't know how much talent I had. But I knew that if I stuck to it and I trained really hard, anything could be possible. So having that goal from a really young age allowed me to just have that clear focus and vision of where I wanted to be. The year after this, uh, I went on to compete at the state championships through Little Athletics. And I won a gold medal in the long jump, which was a real surprise. The year after that, when I was nine years of age, I went on to compete at the national championships where I traveled to Darwin to compete. And this was my first time obviously competing at a national championship. So I was super nervous. I was competing in Darwin as well. So, you know, there were things that I had to consider that I wasn't used to, like the humidity there. Um, and then, yeah, also competing against the best athletes in the country in my age group was pretty intimidating as well. So 
that was a really exciting competition and I was also fortunate enough to have won the long jump there. Um, wow. And from there, things just kept progressing. I won the long jump right up until I think it was under 16s and that was the year that my first junior international team was on offer and I was really excited for that opportunity and I had to jump a qualifying distance to get to the World Youth Championships, which were in Italy. And I did jump that distance and I travelled over to Italy with the Australian team. And I think it was such an amazing experience um, being able to represent my country at 16 years of age. Uh, but I definitely let my nerves get the better of me in this competition and I didn't really compete to the best of my ability. But I think it was a fantastic learning curve for me to have that experience behind me and then be able to move forward uh, with what I'd learned from that competition. And the year after that was the World Junior Championships and I was bottom age, so this was going back to 2010. So I competed there, I made the final, uh, I think I placed sixth there and things were just progressing really well. Um, the year after that in 2011 was the year that I was in year 12. So I was just trying to juggle and balance my year 12 studies with some interstate and overseas competitions. I had a competition in Germany this year which really um, changed my perspective on whether I would get to the Olympics or not. I jumped a personal best of six metres 60 in this competition. So I was 17 years of age at the time. And I broke the under 20 Australian long jump record in this competition. And it was really special as well because it was my first competition that I went to without having my dad, who's my coach there with me. So I basically had to do this all on my own with the support of a few other athletes and, and team coaches. But yeah, that distance of six metres 60 was only five centimetres off the qualifying standard for the London Olympics in 2012. So that one year period, I only needed to improve five centimetres to hopefully get selected on the team for the London Olympics. So I was really excited by the fact that I was so close and I knew that within that one year period, if I you know, continued to progress how I was progressing, anything was possible. But this is when things started to challenge me. I went home from Germany. I finished off my year 12 studies and exams and then I started getting really unwell. So I started developing some symptoms, bloating. I had vitamin and mineral deficiencies. I'm sure you know all about these sort of things, being gluten intolerant. But yeah, I, I, my health was just going downhill and I was really concerned about how I was feeling. And not only was it impacting my day-to-day -day life, it was also impacting my training and my competition as well. So I was really struggling towards the end of 2011 and the following year in 2012 was the year of the London Olympics and I decided to take a gap year and I deferred going to uni that year because I wanted to give it the best crack of trying to achieve my childhood dream of getting to the Olympics. But my symptoms of uh, having celiac disease, which I then found out the following year, progressively got worse and worse to the point where 
through 2012. I, I could barely get out of bed of a morning. I was just really struggling to get through training sessions. I was really unmotivated as well because I was just feeling so tired and unwell. And it was just, it was, it was honestly just a write-off year. Like I, yeah, I was just really struggling and I knew that something wasn't quite right, but I was back and forth just at the local GP trying to put a finger on what was going on and no one knew. Mm. The only thing that, you know, I was told was that I had vitamin and mineral deficiencies and I knew that it was so much more than that. I just continued to keep training. Um, my frustration sort of started getting a lot worse and a lot worse. And it wasn't until 2013 in May after another athletic season of, you know, a decline in my performance and plateau uh, that I was diagnosed with celiac disease. So this was, um, it was hard to take at first, but it was also a relief to have finally figured out after a year and a half what was going on with my body and why I had been feeling that way because I started to believe that nothing was wrong and, you know, the doctors were right. I was obviously just, yeah, I was just making all this up and imagining that things were going wrong, but they actually weren't. So that was, yeah, it was a big relief and I was able to completely change up my diet and start moving forward and get my health back on track. So um, after I was diagnosed with celiac disease um, in 2013, I then set my sights on the Commonwealth Games in 2014 in Glasgow. And this was a competition that I was really, really excited about because it was not only going to be my first senior international team, but a lot of my close friends were also a part of this team. And after having, you know, a year and a half of, of struggles with my health, I finally was feeling myself again. So I was really excited by this opportunity. And I did end up qualifying for the Commonwealth Games. I jumped a PB, so it was my first personal best in two and a half years which was basically since I jumped the 6 meters 60 in Germany. So I jumped 6 meters 70 and I was selected on the team for Glasgow. And I was just so excited. I was really looking forward to this competition. And because my body was healthy again, I was able to really push myself and, and really just like test my limits uh, leading into this competition. And Unfortunately, though, I started getting a bit of back pain a couple of months out from the competition and typical Brooks style, I just decided to ignore this pain and it progressively got worse and worse until uh, I had to actually go and get my back checked out and I went and saw a physio and they basically told me that they think that it's just a bit of joint inflammation and that I should be okay. But they sent me off to get an MRI just to be sure um, with the Commonwealth Games not too far away. And a week before I was due to leave for Glasgow, uh, I found out that I had a stress fracture in my L4 vertebrae in my back. So I was absolutely devastated. And I know that so many people around me were devastated for me as well because they knew how hard I'd worked for this competition. and 
how much I was looking forward to it as well. And a week before I was supposed to hop on the plane, it was just all taken away from me. But I learned so much through this injury and I was able to surround myself with so many supportive people, whether it's friends or family, and just having that support network around me as well through Athletics Australia and the Victorian Institute of Sport who were able to guide me through this injury. And so basically I had three months of complete rest, which, um, you know, being able to train most days or every day and then having that taken away from you, it's, it's, yeah, it's a really hard pill to swallow, but I accepted that and I just tried to stay as positive as I could through this injury and just do everything I could to get myself back on track for the following year. And in 2015, I didn't have the best preparation leading into that season, but the World Championships were being held that year in Beijing. And I, yeah, I gave that a, a good crack and I qualified and jumped to PB that year as well, 6 metres 73. And yeah, I went over to the World Championships that year and didn't do as well as I had planned. I just missed the final. Uh, but that really motivated me with the Rio Olympics the next year in 2016 to you know, make sure that I made the final there and just went that little bit better. So I got home from Beijing and I worked really hard leading into the 2016 athletic season because I knew that this was the, an, an Olympic year and it was the year that hopefully my dream of getting to the, the Olympics was going to come true. And pretty much every competition I did in 2016, I jumped at PB and I was just progressing really well. And with this came an increase in my self-confidence and self-belief as well. And I think that was part of the reason why I achieved what I did and it was because I just I believed in myself and I was step I stepped on the runway every competition and I was just so pumped and ready to go and I knew that I'd done all the hard work and I could just trust trust the training that I'd done as well and that year in 2016 I broke the open women's Australian long jump record and jumped a distance of seven meters and five centimeters which I never thought I would ever achieve, especially not that early on in my career. I don't think long jumpers usually peak until sort of you know, mid to late 20s. Um, so being, I think I was 22 at the time, I didn't realise that I'd be jumping seven metres or above and be the best long jumper Australia's ever had. So that was, that was just a crazy uh, competition and something that... I still struggle to believe that I achieved that to this day. Um, but it just goes to show that, yeah, if you put your mind to achieving something, you know, anything's possible. And I've really learned that over the years that you just got to work hard for what you want. And I think having goals as well that you set down and, and really try and focus and work towards is super important. So, after breaking the Australian record, I also was selected in the team for the Rio Olympics. Um, so I was, yeah, absolutely ecstatic with my selection in the team. And I went over to Rio and was honestly, like, so nervous. <laughs> I'm sure everyone could imagine 
the nerves that you experience in a competition like that. And even though I'd been to a world championships prior to that, uh, I still, I don't think that really helped at all. And I think jumping seven metres that year as well, there were so many expectations of me to bring home a medal and, you know, bring home the gold medal. And I knew that I could do it, but I just, being my first Olympics, I think, yeah, just those nerves and that anxiousness I was feeling as well, it was really hard to be able to get the most out of myself. But it was an amazing experience until I finished seventh uh, at the Olympics. I really couldn't complain at all. So that was, yeah, that was incredible. And yeah, just being there was was something special. So it's definitely a, a moment I'll never forget. And after Rio, had a few more challenging times and setbacks. I had uh, a stress reaction in the cuboid bone in my foot, um, which put me in a moon boot for a little while, uh, a little bit longer than I would have liked because um, it didn't quite get better at, uh, before I'd started getting back into training. So then I had to go back in the moon boot and that sort of dragged on for a little bit. I went to the World Championships in 2017 and I placed sixth in the women's long jump there. So that was definitely up there with one of my best achievements to date. After those World Championships, I also suffered another injury. I had a stress fracture in the sesamoid bone in my big toe. So that was another injury where I was placed in a moon boot for, I think it was approximately seven or eight weeks. Um, and this was an injury that made me uh, a little bit stressed about because um, the following year in 2018 was the year of the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games and being in Australia or on the Gold Coast, they were quite early on in the year as well. They were in April and I had this injury in October 2017. So there wasn't like a great turnaround and being at home Commonwealth Games, I was really excited to get there and be able to compete in front of a home crowd and friends and family as well. So that was um, a little bit stressful, this injury, because I knew that if I didn't quite get it right or I started training too early, then things could potentially end up quite bad and I might not get to the Commonwealth Games. So I ended up overcoming this injury and I got to the Commonwealth Games and I won a silver medal, which was an absolutely amazing experience and something that I, I will honestly never forget being out there competing and having all my close friends and family um, and Nath as well in the crowd. That was something special. It definitely made me really motivated to be able to experience something like that again. And I don't know if there'll be another games in Australia before I retire, but yeah, just that, that atmosphere that you get to compete in front of, uh, it's, it's amazing. And after 2018, things have been a little bit up and down. Uh, I've been struggling a little bit with my health, uh, having been diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is um, another autoimmune disease, uh, which affects the function of your thyroid. So that's kind of been something that I've had to manage, especially over the last year. But since I've been able to manage that pretty well, I'm definitely back feeling healthy and 
and happy and, and ready to go for hopefully Tokyo 2021. But yeah, this year's just been, been an absolutely crazy year. And I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing the end of it. <laughs> yeah, 2020 has been a hard one. Now, Brooke, watching the struggles that you've had, and I've been able to see them up close and personal for four of those years. Um, so just after returning from Rio and like watching when you won that silver medal at Commonwealth Games and when you ran over to your dad, they showed that on TV and like the emotion on his face and the emotion on your face, like I couldn't help, I was crying my eyes out <laughs> and I just felt so proud to know that you overcame so much to get there. Like no one really knows how much you had to get over to get to the stage to even compete at Gold Coast? Thanks, Faye. Yeah, it's, um, I definitely have had my struggles and I think that's something that I guess I feel like I've learned a lot about resilience over the last, uh, specifically the last four years. Um, and as you said, just, yeah, not giving up and and being able to see the positives in such negative situations. Um, but the way I see it, though, is there's so many people out there that are so much worse off than me. And, you know, a foot injury might seem like the end of the world to me, but there's people out there, like, you just got to put things into perspective and and know that people are struggling with much worse off injuries or illnesses. So, Yeah, and I think that really helped me get through it. And as I said earlier, just being able to surround myself with people that are going to lift me up through those hard times. And yeah, I'm just so so happy to have such a supportive family and partner, Nath, Beyonce, (laughs) Um, and friends as well, because it definitely, it takes, you know, a big team to be able to get an athlete to achieve success. And yeah, I've really learned learned that along the way that you just need that support behind you. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you think there's a specific benefit that stands out to you that sport has provided you as an individual? Oh, there's been so many benefits of of being involved in sport. Not only does it allow you to live an active and healthy lifestyle, but I think just being able to connect with so many people from you know, the sporting community and being able to travel the world doing what I love. I've met so many people from all over the world that I've been able to connect with. And I think just developing these relationships and friendships is what makes the sport so enjoyable. The social side of it is obviously something that makes it so much fun. And I met my best friend through Little Athletics. So it brings people together sport and it allows you to be able to share similar passions and interests with, you know, everyone that's involved in that sport or in sport in general. So, well, I met Nath, I think, through Mm. sport. So we met through a mutual friend. Yeah. So I'm just like grateful that sport's been able to bring me and him together. And I guess in saying that as well, I probably wouldn't have met you if I hadn't have met Nate. So there's so much benefits to being involved in sport and just building connections and relationships along the way there's endless benefits I think but I think yeah the most important benefit I think is just being able to interact and 
uh, socialise with people and, and build relationships and friendships. Yeah, and I think sport's a real good leveller. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You've got that one big thing in common. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why, you know, everyone that's involved in sport, like, everyone just gets along so well because everyone just shares that same passion for, you know, health and fitness. And, um, you know, you don't have to be competing at the highest level to share the same passion with someone that's competing at a local level. So, yeah, it definitely brings people together and I just, I love the social side of it as well. Oh, I love that so much, Brooke. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Is there a lesson you've learned along the way that you want to share? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've learned so many lessons along the way, but I think the biggest lesson I've learned would probably be resilience and just being resilient through real challenging times. So as I said earlier, I've had my fair share of injuries and illnesses or health issues, I should say, that really challenged me and impacted me both mentally and physically. But they forced me to be able to adapt to these unwanted situations. And if I wasn't resilient, I definitely wouldn't have been able to get through these situations so yeah just being able to adapt and be able to see positives in negative situations and I think as I said just being able to build that support network around you that helps nurture you through it um, and guide you through those really tough and hard times but I think just being able to maintain a positive mindset uh, when you feel like the world's against you and you're not able to get to where you want to get to is really important. Yeah, if I wasn't resilient, I certainly wouldn't have achieved what I've achieved to this date because I probably would have quit a long time ago, especially during my struggles with celiac disease. So yeah, I think resilience is probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Do you think that resilience that you've learned through those early years of your sporting career has actually helped you this year in 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic where we're in our 5k bubble at the time of recording hopefully it changes by the time this gets released do you think that's really you know helped you this year because you've gotten gym pbs yeah a hundred percent i think if i still had the same sort of mindset around things not going my way and just you know, really focusing on the negatives like I had early on in my career, I feel like I would have really struggled through this time. But I accepted the fact that there was going to be no Olympics this year and I accepted the fact that I wasn't going to be competing overseas. And I think acceptance is so important um, to be able to move forward. So if I hadn't have accepted the situation and, you know, been really negative about it and, and really down about it, I definitely wouldn't have come out the other side like I have. So I definitely just looked at all the positives um, in this pretty average situation. And I think having been able to do that, I've been able to make some pretty big changes in terms of how I use my time as well this year. Obviously, we've had a bit more time on our hands. So I've just made sure that I've used that to my advantage and been able to really strengthen up a lot of my weaknesses, uh, just put more time into recovery between sessions, 
as well as just make some um, dietary changes as well. So I think 100% resilience has been the reason why I've been able to get through this pandemic as best as possible. Well, that's amazing that sport could teach you that. It's a life skill, that life skill of resilience. It's pretty special. Yeah, definitely. Sport is a great thing, Faye. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're starting this podcast, Rookie. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> so I know you are a School Sport Victoria ambassador. Yeah. Is that a project that you'd consider a tool to develop the community? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been very grateful to have been given the opportunity to be an ambassador for School Sport Victoria because I'm super passionate about being able to help the next generation of athletes um, that are coming through because they're the future of our sport. And you know, if I can pass on any advice to a younger athlete that is going to help them reach their goals, then why not? So, yeah, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And I've also been a part of a program called the Sports Excellence Scholarship Fund. Well, I've been a part of this program for a year now and I've taken on an athlete, a young athlete who's 12 years of age on as a mentee. So I've been mentoring this athlete for the last year and she had a stroke at two years of age and she's also been managing epilepsy and cerebral palsy. So she is honestly um, the definition of resilience and I'm so inspired by her story as well because, you know, she's been through so much in, in such a short period of time and such a short life so far uh, that I'm just so eager to help someone like that. And she's got goals to get to the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games. And I know that it's it's possible for her because she's so motivated and she's so driven and those qualities and not just handed to you on a plate so yeah she's definitely got the right mindset there and I think just being able to pass on you know any advice or any experience that I've got from sport as well is yeah is something that I'm willing to uh, be able to sort of give back to the sport and give back to the community as well. Oh that's brilliant and does she do long jump like yourself? Yeah, she does long jump. So it's pretty cool having that uh, relationship with her where, you know, we can just have a, a pretty casual chat, but then we can also sort of go into the specifics of long jump as well. Yeah, I think that's really awesome that you can have both aspects, the sport specific as well as the general athlete mentality. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, she's such a friendly young girl as well. So it's always great to be able to catch up with her for a chat. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> so where do you see the future of sport? That is a great question, Fiona. <laughs> Honestly, COVID has really thrown a spanner in the works uh, this year. I feel like sport was really heading in the right direction prior to COVID. And I don't really know how it's going to recover. I'd like to hope that the participation, especially in, in junior sport uh, and local sport as well, isn't going to drop off. But it's so hard to know because so many young kids or athletes may have found 
you know, new hobbies during this time because they've been spending so much time at home. But in turn, a lot of young kids or, or athletes as well, it may have really sparked their love for the sport because it's been taken away from them. So, yeah, I'm really not too sure where it's heading, but I do feel like at a professional level in Australia, it's heading in the right direction in terms of the growing interest in equality for female athletes. I think, you know, the talk of equal opportunity for female athletes and equal pay as well is something that I think is is moving in the right direction in terms of, I guess, AFL women having the opportunity now to play AFL or play football when, you know, going back five years ago, that wasn't an option. And this is not only at a professional level, but it's at a, a grassroots level as well. So I think just little, little opportunities like that that are allowing females to be able to go out there and, and play sports that they love that they used to not be able to play is really cool. But yeah, I, I really don't know how to answer this question because I think with COVID, there's so much to consider in terms of funding and how organisations are go- going to be able to fund athletes and pay athletes as well to keep going with their sport. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see there. Yeah, I think you've made a really good point with the participation point of view especially since we've had all this extra time, families might actually want to slow things down. And those Mm. kids that were doing three or four sports might only get to do one now. And then what do you do? You don't get these kids coming up and then getting to 12 and choosing a sport they want to continue on. They've, you know, had to choose at the age of eight and they might miss the chance of playing basketball and doing gymnastics and doing little ass and swimming. Yeah, exactly right. And I think, I really hope that it it doesn't change a lot because I think being so young, it's so important to be able to be involved in as many sports as you want because, you know, that's the time for it. Mm. When you're young, you know, why not go and play numerous different sports? So I really hope that, that it hasn't changed much. And if anything, it's allowed, you know, kids and athletes to just be more motivated to want to get out there and play sport with their friends. Because I guess if something's taken away from you, you really, you know, can sort of sit back and appreciate how much of a big part of your life it is. And for me, I've really realised that this year, not being able to do what I love and not be able to train and, and travel as normal. But I think being at a professional level, it's a little bit different because I feel like I've quite established myself as an athlete, but I think it's, it's more important for these younger kids to be able to see the positives of being involved in sport and as well as that social side of it too, just making sure that they're out there having fun with their friends. Yeah, hopefully in terms of the funding, the government looks at the fact that it is a social thing and it's more than just a physical activity. It's, you know, all the things that you've mentioned and all the other guests are mentioning is more than just participation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as I touched on earlier, there's so many benefits to it and I'm sure a lot of the other athletes or coaches that have come on your podcast have said the same thing so it'd be really sad to see participation drop but I have a good feeling though that 
things are going to continue to move in the right direction. Yeah, me too. Let's be optimistic together, Brooke. It's all about positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited that you were able to, you know, make time and I'm really keen to see what the next year brings for you in terms of Tokyo. I really hope it goes ahead because I can't wait to watch you at the Olympics. Oh, thanks, Faye. I really appreciate you asking me to be on your podcast. (laughs) Of course I'm going to. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you'd like to be on the show, please send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Until next time. Thank you.